Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the 3-0-Take, where we talk all things Major League Baseball. Here's Kyle Corwin and Nate Reyes. It all starts right now. Welcome back to the 3-0-Take, presented by Big League Chew. This is episode 309. I'll be your host, Kyle Corwin, and I'm here with my co-host, Nate Reyes. Nate. Get me hyped, get me hyped, get me hyped. Happy uh, weekend time. I was going to say happy basically weekend. Happy Roberto Clemente day. Uh, Just your annual reminder that Roberto Clemente is 21 should be retired league wide. But that's all I need to say on the matter. I don't feel like I need to explain myself beyond that. It just needs to happen. And I feel like you're in this weird like in between. You don't think so. I think um I think I'm okay with it just being this. I'm okay with like the 21 on the back of the hats for the award winners. I'm okay with that. Like I'm okay keeping it more about like off the field stuff because that's that's what like Roberto Clemente means I think to the game now more than ever. It's like it's the off the field philanthropy stuff that players do. And so I I like that it can almost be like, it's like an earned title to have that 21 on you. You know what I'm saying? Like it's something a player is that's, and you, it, this, it, it's kind of across all sports. Like, like football has the Walter Payton award to where like, those are the awards that like the individual accolades that mean so much to players. She's like, I, we did all this charity stuff, did all this philanthropy stuff, and, and we were able to help so many lives and affect so many lives in a positive way that that's what got me this award. And if you retire that number and everyone's wearing it, I think it, it could almost kind of take away from the award side of things. You know what I'm saying? That's the only reason I say no. Other than that, I mean, everything about Roberto Clemente is is deserving of a retired number. It's just, you know, Jackie Robinson has his day, and we and we talk about him all the time and what his, you know, the adversities that he dealt with, what it did for the game. And so it's almost like a league-wide acknowledgement at that point. Whereas this, it's a specific award attached to Roberto Clemente. And, and then you have that, uh, you know, that, earn the right to have that number on you kind of thing. 
No, I mean valid points, valid points. I just I feel like from a from a fan perspective, seeing Major League Baseball kind of have one foot in, one foot out, where it's like every year, it's like they're getting closer. I feel like they're always tweaking how oh, they're going to probably happen eventually. Yeah, how they're going to honor Roberto Clemente on Roberto Clemente yeah. Day. It's like, well, we're going to do this this year. Next year, we're going to do this. It's like, if we're going to get there, just get there. Yeah, I, I, I could see it. I don't know. I could anyway. see it. Just wanted to acknowledge Roberto Clemente Day. Didn't need to <laughs> turn it into a full-on segment uh, because we have a lot to break down about Aaron Judge. And before you turn off the episode, just trust me that we're going to be talking about more than just Aaron Judge here with this segment because, like I said before we hopped on on the podcast, for whatever reason, this week, more than any week in recent memory this season, I feel like the MVP conversation has come to the forefront, and I'm not sure why this week of, of all weeks. Yeah. But I feel like we need to talk about it. We've we've we dabbled in it a little bit, but I feel like we need to talk about the conversation about who is deserving of the AL MVP. And with that said, I will turn it over to you, the resident Yankee fan, to hear your thoughts. I mean, I... I just I don't understand why we're still talking about this. And the best player in baseball can't get the MVP every year. That's not what MVP is. In my mind, that's not what it is. I I would say most writers probably feel a similar way. Otherwise, Mike Trout had been, you know, the MVP over and over again, over and over again, over and over again. We all acknowledge the fact that he could be the best player on the planet at times. MVP is just, it's its a little bit more than that. And, and look, whatever you want to say about Shohei, I think you and I are both in the same camp. We're tired of, of it being beaten into us. But we can both acknowledge that what he's doing is special and it's and it's good for baseball and it's new and it's exciting. Um, and it's it's amazing. But just because he's doing that doesn't mean he's worthy of winning an MVP award this year. I don't see how he has an argument against Judge. I really don't. And Aaron Judge is doing stuff that, like, we haven't seen clean in decades. So everyone that says, oh, you know, Shohei's doing stuff we haven't seen in 100 years. What should we say about, about Judge then? Is that not enough time? 60 years is not enough time for you to say, wow, this is fairly new for us. Well, we'll get into no. the details here shortly. But on the whole Judge matter, or on the whole Ruth matter, I heard something yesterday or maybe even today where I guess we ended the day yesterday with judge at 57 home runs. And the next closest person is Kyle Schwarber at 37. And I think I heard that the last time that we ended a calendar day with somebody 20 home runs ahead of the next closest person was actually Babe Ruth. Thank you. That's what I'm saying. (laughs) So, and that goes back to your point is 
I think you made a number of episodes ago where it's like, Babe Ruth isn't just exclusive. Like, this isn't just this Shohei Babe Ruth thing. Like, Babe Ruth, his name is also involved in the Aaron Judge side of the conversation as well. Like, right. we can't just ignore what Aaron Judge is doing this season just because it's flashy and, and it's sexy to attach Babe Ruth's name to, to Shohei. Right. I, and that's that's what I don't... I don't think baseball fans need to continue to get trapped into the we haven't seen this since. We haven't seen this since. I don't need to talk about how long it's been for for anyone to see what could be 60 home runs. This is an MVP year. In my mind, he already got robbed of MVP in 2017. And you can go back and look at those stats that Altuve had, and I still think Aaron Judge deserves it over Altuve. This is something that's phenomenal. Shohei can still be phenomenal. He can still be arguably the best player on the planet. He can still be the guy you wish you started your franchise with. All those are still fine. Judge is having a better year. He's doing better. What he's doing at the plate is absurd. And I think... You watched it this weekend with the Red Sox and and you just you saw that it's like he just seems like he's tapped in everywhere. Oh yeah, every I mean, pitch. I, I everything. Text, I literally texted you. Uh it was on I think it was Glaber, correct me if I'm wrong. Glaber's Little League home run last night. Yeah. Judge makes his way around the bag. He he scores no problem. And you would think a guy of Judge's, uh, of Judge's stature and success that he's had this year, to where he's he's he might just be on on another planet right now mentally. He's just focused on mm-hmm. what he's doing. He was literally there, feet behind home plate, signaling Glaber where to slide. And I'm just like to to the average person that might not mean anything, but that was the first thing I noticed when I saw the replay. Is Judge yeah. setting up right behind home plate? Telling Glaber where he needs to be on a slide yeah. in the home. And to me, that speaks volumes. And that's what I texted you. I said, this dude is locked in in every aspect of the game right now. And, I mean, if we want to if we want to look at the war conversation, because that seems to be everybody's favorite thing to do now, which yeah. I, I feel like there's, there's more ways to evaluate uh, a, a conversation or really just a singular player. Right. But if we want to go to the war conversation, Aaron Judge right now has a war of 9.1. Shohei Otani combined doesn't right. top that. Shohei right. pitching, 4.8. Shohei hitting, 3.3. That's 9.1 to 8.1. And Judge is doing offensively. I mean, he's doing. he's worth two players. He's an OPS plus of 208. 208. For those who don't know, OPS Plus is set at that standard of 100 being an average baseball player. The average major leaguer is at 100. He's at 208. He's leading the league in home runs, obviously. Leading the league in runs, RBIs, walks, on-base percentage, slugging, which leads to OPS. He's got 353 total bases. 
what more do you want? I don't understand. And not to mention he's playing above average defense out of position in center field. Stop comparing him to Shohei. They're not the same player. They don't have the same game plan. They're not used the same way. But when we're talking value, I mean, oh, I don't even know if they're out of it. I don't even know if they're out of it. But the Yankees went through two months, two and a half months of absolute miserable baseball. And he got better. Yeah, I mean, when literally nobody in the lineup was hitting, Judge was seemingly doubling down his efforts at the plate. And you you bring up the word value. I feel like that's something worth discussing, something worth talking about, given that it is the most valuable player award. This isn't the... And we've talked about this ad nauseum, and I wish Major League Baseball would define it better or come up with an alternative award for... The most outstanding player. I don't know what what they want to do. But how valuable is 32 games back in the division for the Angels? How valuable is that? Right. And you can say, well, if Shohei wasn't on the team, they'd be 40 games back. Well, look at Aaron Judge and what he's doing in the Bronx, which is another conversation. Where they're doing what they're doing. The cities, the markets that they're doing it in. That but has you look to be at a part Aaron of the Judge, equation. If Aaron Judge is, you already mentioned, he's basically worth two players right now. If Aaron Judge were not on the Yankees right now, also considering how close this division race has gotten, this season looks entirely different for the Yankees. Yeah, that, entirely different. And not to mention, I think there's there's no no one cares about the Angels. No one hates on the Angels. Shohei's love is built in. You know what I'm saying? There's who hates the Angels? They're ir- they're irrelevant. No one cares. So look in the mirror and realize that you're probably just hating on Judge because you hate the Yankees. And tell me how that makes sense because we're seeing something that is absurd. Absurd. This guy is he fits the bill, dude. He fits the bill of being able to see something you've never seen before. Someone that size. Providing the power that you would think he has. Has speed. Plays solid defense. Has a cannon of an arm. I don't get it. I don't get it. And he's played 73 games in center field. Compared to 60 in right field. Everyone wanted to attack his durability. Everyone wanted to freak out about how he's not a health, a health guy, right? Can't stay, can't stay healthy, can't stay limber, gotta do more yoga, stop in the weight room. 21 games at DH this year. So 133 games in the field. How's that for you? Gonna get over 60 home runs, most likely. How's that for you? It's weird. I feel like the people in talking about how people interpret this race, how they feel about Shohei, how they feel about Judge. I'm not trying to alienate the the pro Shohei MVP people here, but there's this weird, like you and I, and a lot of other people that are pro Judge MVP. Mm Mm-hmm. 
again, coming from a Red Sox fan, that, that says a lot for me to acknowledge what Judge has been doing this year. Right. For us, for the pro-Judge people, I've noticed that more times than not, there seems to be a, look, what Shohei is doing is absolutely incredible, but here's why we believe Judge is the MVP. There's a lot of that going on with the pro-Judge people, but with Shohei, it's this weird, it's this weird, like, Shohei's the MVP, and it's not even a question. There's nobody right. even in the same stratosphere as, as Shohei. It's like, well, no, right. that's simply not true. Right. And the numbers show that. And that's, I think that's a, a case that, that really annoys me, that what you just said, because people of that argument it, it say, well, we don't need to look at stats. We don't need to worry about stats. Stats don't, are irrelevant at this point. And it's like, well, how do you, how do you equate value? How do you track value? It's the whole reason we created stats. It's the whole reason why, statistically, baseball is the most in-depth across all sports. It's because this is how we track value. And we've taken it to another level over the last five to ten years, going even deeper into stats. Those things are becoming more relevant. Not to mention he has 16 stolen bags. That I did not know. Might get to 20. Um, Might get to 20. And no. if you were curious, show has 11. So, just saying. With the, with the judge hate that you were talking about, I, I, I don't, I'm not going to say I disagree with you on that point, but I have noticed a lot less of it than in years past because we're getting to that point of free agency. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people... Whether yeah. it be their their Would market, love to have them. yeah, their market or their their top sports personalities, they're thrown out the idea. Hey, what if what if we uh, went and snagged Judge? Because it's clear Judge is not happy in New York. What if we went out there and snagged him? Mm-hmm. There's a lot less Judge hate going on right now, and it's for that exact point. It's like, well, this could be our guy moving forward. Yeah. So yeah. let's tread lightly with the Judge hate. So I've I've just noticed a lot of that, <laughs> and it's interesting and it's funny. Yeah. Yeah, I, I just, I, I mean, he's up there in, in a lot of numbers. And I think when you look at a guy that can do this and hit 310, and it's well known that he has the most balls called strike, called strike against him of, of anyone in the league. He has the biggest zone of anyone in the league. And even, I mean, you can attest to this watching over the last few days. Yes, he's still going to, he's still a strikeout guy. He has a 156 strikeouts. I don't think that's, that's just, he's so big. And when you're that big, there's got to be holes, right? I think that's what any pitcher can say. All right, this guy's bigger. So I'm, I'm going to be able to find these holes easier, especially because of that expanded zone that you feel like umpires already create for him. But the guy's tapped in. Like, you know, when he takes a ball and it's called a strike and you're like, he just looks at it and he's like, no, you got that one wrong. And you, it doesn't take away from the AB. It doesn't alter his game in any way. He just, he stays on top of it. I don't know. I mean, I, it's, I, I'm probably very biased because I watch him every day. But it, it's something that's being done 
that's like fascinating to me. And it stands out. And he does everything the right way. You know what I mean? He runs bases the right way. He plays solid defense. And you would love to have him on your team. I don't care who you are. You would love to have him on your team. Well, we'll talk about that in just a second because uh, it doesn't sound like he's he's ruling out a possible switch to the Red Sox. Uh, but going back to the the point with this MVP conversation about the market, I, look, I'm I'm torn on this. Do I think that MVP should be chosen based on where a person plays? No. Do I think that it should factor into the conversation? Yes. Mm-hmm. It's like you like you were saying. It's well documented that playing in the Bronx and a variety, a handful of other markets, it's it's a challenge to put it simply. It either makes or breaks you. It I mean, really look at look at Joey proves. Gallo. Yeah, Joey Gallo was on the verge of a probably a mental breakdown, and I'm not I'm not making light of that. But you no. read you read the interview that they had that that he had that he gave. He was just not happy, and he couldn't yeah. he he just couldn't hang there. And not everybody can, and that's okay. But the people that do, and that can, that carries some weight. It's it's kind of like to me how you know when you have pitchers that have an, a a phenomenal year in Coors Field, like if a Rockies pitcher has a good year, you're like. You're having a good year here? Dude, that's hard to do. You got to have that same argument. You got to have that same argument. You have to, uh, it's just, whether you love or hate them, you have to admit it's different in the Bronx. And yes, there's probably going to be more guys that fail than not. Because of ridiculous expectations. In the way things are handled. But it has to be a part of the equation. It has to be a part of the argument. Especially when you have guys that you feel like have somewhat comparable numbers. Like it or not, Judge and Otani, they're within a you know a one war. So it's like, okay, we have to look into other factors. Okay, well let's talk about where Shohei plays. A plays lost out there with season. Mickey Mouse. A lost season. So tell me how much pressure is on that. Tell me how many interviews he's getting when he has a bad game. Tell me how many interviews his manager is having about how close the division is. There's so many other factors when a team is in a playoff hunt and they're within reach of winning the division. Not to mention the pressure of falling on your face the last few months. There's more pressure on the Yankees. And who holds the most pressure? The best player. Tell me that isn't value. Please explain to me how that's not the most valuable player. The guy that holds the most pressure, the guy that's dealing with the most pressure in the the most pressure-filled market during a walk year, playing out a position, 
and trying to protect your team from absolutely imploding and embarrassing themselves. There isn't more pressure than that. Not this year. There isn't more pressure than that. So if you can perform under that, you're the MVP. All right, so we've established where we stand on the MVP case. Let's switch gears here to the Triple Crown, all right? We talked about Paul Goldschmidt over in the NL making a case for for Triple Crown over there. Aaron Judge, seemingly in the last week, it's been it's been brought to everyone's attention that he's got a he's got a chance to do it uh in the American League. So Looking at the numbers here, some of which we've already touched on, uh, average is the only one that he's trailing in right now. Uh, he's third behind Xander Bogarts, who's hitting 317, and then Luis Arise, who's hitting 320, which I'm not necessarily rooting for a Yankee <laughs> triple crown, but if Luis Arise is also, he's already ruined other things this year because of just how, <laughs> how well he hits. If he's gonna ruin a triple a potential triple crown, I'm yeah. I'm gonna be the biggest anti Luis Arise guy <laughs> in baseball. Uh home runs, he's got we already talked about this. Fifty seven. The next closest in the American League is thirty five for Mike Trout. Uh and then Ribbies, he's got hundred and twenty three. Next closest is Jose Ramirez is hundred and eleven. Yeah. The average thing is gonna be tough. The average thing is going to be tough because 310, man. And I think over the last mm, couple weeks specifically, you've seen a lot of teams kind of work around him. You've seen a lot of a lot of teams just being like, all right, we're done. Like we're we're no longer gonna let him beat us. Well, not the because, Red Sox because he did it twice in one game. So we clearly are not of that school of thought. So yeah, I I don't get that either. But um, yeah, I think the average thing is gonna be tough. I think it is. Now I'll give him credit because he was hovering around like two ninety five, two ninety seven for a good like month, and then over the last few weeks, it's gone through the roof. Um. But it has to be the combination of taking walks. And, and I, I think that's why he's tapped in. You know what I mean? It's just like he's okay taking his walks. Um, and if he's if he's putting the ball in play, good stuff is happening. Yeah, I mean, credit to credit to him for a guy that for years I just ragged on because it was it was a strikeout machine between him and Stanton. The fact yeah. that he's hitting three ten right now in a hunt for the triple crown, like that got to give credit where credit's due. Um, he's still, I, do, I mean, he's still, to be fair, he's still going to probably end up with about 170 strikeouts or so. 165, yeah. 170 strikeouts. And to be honest with you, I've dialed it back on the whole strikeout thing. Like, I know that was a, a big sticking point for me as well as you uh, in terms of how we evaluate a player. Like, if a guy's just going mm -hmm. up there night in and night out. Yeah two three strikeouts a night but he, he he occasionally puts a ball over the wall it's like yeah that doesn't that doesn't really move the the needle for me right i have dialed it back a little bit because i'm just like 
if this is where the, if this is where the game's at, then I'm not going to, I'm not going to use that necessarily as a detractor for players. Like if, if this is just how the game has evolved, I, as one mm-hmm. person, I'm not going to be able to change that. I'm not going to, as much sure. as I may want to go back to small ball and all that, like I just can't fight it. So yeah. why, why use it against guys? And judge is a big guy. He's got a big zone. He's going to strike yeah. out. I, I acknowledge that. I'll, I'll, I'll admit that. But like I said, the fact that he's hitting 310 right now, credit to him. I do have one question for you. We talked about Paul Goldschmidt in the chase uh, in the mm. National League. Do you know the last time that there was a Triple Crown winner in both leagues? In the same year, you mean? Yeah, same year. Hmm. You have no idea. Okay. I'm just curious to see how close you get. Uh, I mean, is it? It's not like any normal names, is it? Just way back in the day, huh? Admittedly, I know one. I don't know the other. Maybe I should. I I don't know because let's mean, go. I don't know. There. Let's go back to like Mickey Mantle. His 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 era. Did he have one? I feel like he he had a triple crown, right? Did he? Mickey Mantle. Let's look that up. Well, I'm wrong. <laughs> Clearly wrong for this, this current question. Uh, he did, yeah. 1956. All right. All right. Hit 353, 52 home runs, and 130 RBIs. Good Lord. To say that errors can't compare, like, come on. Yeah. That plays. That plays. Yeah, um, for sure. You want to you wanna throw a year at this guess? 1916. Not terribly far off. It was 1933. The only Mm. time in history it's been done. Jimmy Fox. Mm. Both of these are Hall of Famers. And Chuck Klein. Not overly familiar with Chuck Klein, but say, good for good for you guys. Yeah. If I, uh, that's why I was saying like I don't recognize <laughs> yeah. the name, but maybe I should yeah. as a baseball I, I, fan. I don't know. It'd be nice if we knew every Hall of Famer's name, but come on now, it's eighty years ago. No, that's is that ninety years ago? Ninety years ago. That's yeah. ninety years ago. Nineteen thirty-three. <laughs> Holy cow, dude! Yeah. Um. Yeah. Only time it's been done in in history. The odds aren't looking great for this year. I'll no, give you that, yeah. but this is as close as I can remember in recent memory. I mean, yeah, at this point in the year, for for Arias to fall ten points, right? Um, to even tie with Judge at three ten in the batting average category. I mean, it's yeah. At this, you point, don't even necessarily be, have to fall ten points, though. They could, yeah, be, it's just yeah. someone's going to have to go up and someone's going to have to go down. I mean, Judge is going to have to continue to be ridiculous if they tie say they tied at 315 judge gets the crown right no because i mean that decimal it goes all the way i mean that it's it cuts off at 310 but i think that it's like there's still numbers to go at that point so it's sure. probably going to come all the way down to that okay yeah that's fair you know that would make for a wild headline <laughs> that would be wild i have to go an extra decimal place to <laughs> <laughs> determine the triple to crown find it yeah. Um, I do think, I mean, at this point, if we're not going to value batting average, I'm curious to see if it ever really changes for being in the triple crown requirement list. 
You I know? could. Do we I change could, that to OPS? Yeah, I could very much see that changing, and that's not me like wishing for it necessarily. I'm just saying, yeah. as a as a realist here, I can acknowledge yeah. that with the changes that the league so often makes, it's very plausible that very feasible yeah. that that would that that would be something that they would do. Yeah. What's the 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 pitchers have their own? Yeah, it's triple the crown. Triple crown. Yeah. That's with the wins, right? Are wins involved with that? Uh, isn't it CRA wins, strikeouts? CR, yeah, I think so. Wins, ERA strikeouts again. So, like, I think it's if, if you're if we're no longer going to value it or even really care about it, it's like, why don't we change that and then we can have more triple crown conversations? I would much rather if you if I had to choose, I'd much rather keep batting average than wins for a pitcher. Agreed. For sure. What because would you do for pitcher? I would I'd probably do innings. I think that'd be my vote. Yeah. Yeah. Innings ERA strikeouts. Give it to a give it to a horse. Yeah. Yeah. Love that. I'll write a letter. Speaking of letters, letter. you got you got a letter in the works, don't you? <laughs> I have no idea what you're talking about. <laughs> okay. Hi. All right. No well, uh, if a certain individual hits three more home runs, uh, who shall remain nameless, uh, I believe there's a letter in the works. No idea what you're talking about. Um, before we move on here, just want to get your thoughts real quick on Judge's comments about, quote, We'll talk about that at the end of the year, end quote, in regards to possibly signing with the Red Sox. He's, let, me, he's, let, let me ask you this. Let me ask you this. I'll give you a multiple choice question to make it simple. Mm-hmm. Do you think this is A, Aaron Judge being a professional and not wanting to talk about it? Do you think this is B, Aaron Judge in his camp using this as bait for a potential contract from the Yankees in the future because he wants to stay? Or do you think this is C, he just wants to get out of New York and doesn't care where it is? I would argue it's probably a combination of A and B. I think, um, and I've kind of gone back on this a few times, where I just, I don't see him leaving and I know that like there's a lot of fans that that think he will I just I, I don't see him leaving he's everything is built in everything is built in for him right here and when you talk about like anything that happens at Yankee Stadium when you talk about like Legends Day Jeter coming back any guy like Paul O'Neill getting his their number retired Judge is on the top step. Top step of the dugout every time. And it's, I think he sees over and over again, Yankee legend. This is how you do it. These are multiple examples of how you can get into this category. Do you want 99 retired up on that wall someday? And I think he's he's just seeing it over and over again. And in my mind, it's like, if you go anywhere else, you got to almost start over. If you go anywhere else, you're, you're going to have, you're going to lose some of that 
we talked about this, the charm, right? He has that charm on his side of I'm loyal, I'm professional, I show up every day, and there's something about that that it just seems like he, I, I can't really see him going anywhere else. Now, to answer your question a little more directly, between those A and B options, I think that was probably a conversation that was had at the beginning of the year once they said, boom, we're, we're done, we're heading in through this year, we're going we're gonna to hit the free agency market, right? He's being a professional because he's answering questions in, in the right way. He's, he's getting into Jeter territory with this. And I'm sure he's also answering those questions to say, okay, well, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to still leave that ounce of doubt in the Yankees' front office. I'm going to leave that ounce of doubt in the back of their head saying, I could go. I could walk. So how are you going to make up for that? The Yankees have to make up for this. They have to make up for the low ball offer. They have to make up for the season he's had. And they're going to have to make up whatever anyone else is able to offer. They have a lot of work to do. But to me, it seems like he wants to stay. That's the way it looks. Why else would you play out of position for majority of the year if you're going to leave? Because you have to admit, no team is, whoever signs him is not putting him in center field. He's playing center field this year out of necessity for the Yankees roster construction. And Aaron Hicks being an absolute misery. He's not going anywhere to play center field. So you can't say that he's doing this by adding, like he's not looking to add value. You know what I'm saying? He's taking this risk because he cares about this organization and he cares about his teammates. And this is what's best for the team. And you've got guys whispering in his ear like a CC Sabathia. You just posted it on our page. He's my little brother, right? And again, I'm not bringing up the MVP conversation, but I'm saying CC is open about playing in other places. And he's open about saying, when I got to the New York Yankees, that's where I wanted to be. And there's no other place like it. So I think he's got people that are whispering in his ear in Yankee camp saying, dude, this is the plot. This is the spot you want to be at. And you're already basically one foot in the door in Yankee legend conversation. Why would you leave that behind for a couple dollars? It'd probably be a lot of dollars, but point taken. A lot of dollars, but point I don't taken. see the I don't see the difference being that big. You know what I'm saying? I don't see the Yankees stopping at 250 and then some other team putting 330 out there. You know what I mean? I'm sure if he does take any type of discount, it won't be by much. Because the Yankees discount, already did did bad. Um, uh, you know, they already shot them, themselves in the foot with this. Speaking of shooting yourself in the foot, uh let's talk about SeatGeek. <laughs> everybody everybody say it along with me. <laughs> it's the answer to all your ticket needs are you looking for tickets you have plans with friends or family to make it to an upcoming game or concert or are you even looking months ahead to nail down a date to get tickets before they sell out with SeatGeek you can find tickets to games concert shows and even theater performances with just a few easy clicks 
We're making it even better for you if you're a first-time user. SeatGeek, next time you add some tickets to your cart, use our promo code 30TAKE. It's our social handle, T-H-R-E-E-O-H-T-A-K-E, at checkout to save $20 instantly off your first purchase as a first-time user. It's all you got to do to save some of that. One credit card swipe slash tap. Uh, uh... A fraction of a fraction of what Aaron Judge would fetch in free agency. Enter promo code 30TAKE. Again, that's our social handle at checkout. Aaron Judge makes $20 in the time it makes you to it takes you to brush your teeth, I think. It's like, oh, I just made 50 bucks. No, Aaron Judge makes $20 in the amount of time that it takes for me to put the toothpaste on the toothbrush. Hmm, that's fair. It's probably better. Or that's probably what he he will get. Maybe that I don't think that's what, what the gets. Yankees feel he's worth. No, because apparently the Yankees they think, aren't getting him that right now. But the Yankees feel he's the he's worth. The Yankees feel he's worth far less than that. Um, they thought. <laughs> they thought. <laughs> they thought. They're, they're just very much seeing that they're wrong. If they were thinking, they wouldn't have thought that. Let's talk about Yadi Molina and Adam Wainwright. How about it? A tip of the cap. Before we get into the before we get into the the record itself and and all that comes with that, I just want to say, and I don't know if I've expressed this before. I know I've made it very clear how I feel about Yadier Molina. I think I said on this podcast a number of years ago that if there was a guy that I wanted to build my franchise around, throwing age out the window. Mm-hmm. Just based on the kind of player they are and what they bring to the field as a right. leader, right? Yeah, and a professional. Yadier Molina is a guy I'm going with. I'm sorry, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna yeah. change my mind on that. Um, but the thing that I just absolutely love about this Adam Wainwright Yadier Molina story over the course of both of their careers is that it's just so it just paints such a beautiful picture of what baseball is. You mm-hmm. got two guys that could not have come from different backgrounds. Right. You've got Yadi Molina from Puerto Rico, and you've got Adam Wainwright from, I even wrote it down, Brunswick, Georgia. <laughs> yeah. And they're like the best of friends and have done what they've done over how many years has it been now? Like. 17. Yeah, I was going to say 18, 19. Se- yeah, probably. this is Wainwright's 17th season. Ooh. And they've done this for as long as they've done it, and they've done it well. And they've done it as professionals. And to me, it just I'm so happy for this this duo. Yeah. To be able to to be able to do it before it was too late. The fact that Wainwright's still here, the the fact that Yachty's still here, they wanted to stick mm-hmm. it out. And the fact that Wainwright's having the year that he's having, like, sure, you can look at Yachty. For it's like, sure. Okay, but you at least know what you're going to get with Yachty. Yeah, yeah. I think this thing, this like this milestone means something different. If the Cardinals aren't having a successful year, if Wayno isn't having a good year, it's just like this means something different. But for people who aren't really paying attention to this, you can correct me if I'm wrong here, but. The most injury-prone position, probably a pitcher, yeah. And I would say the shortest 
career length, average career length per position would probably come to catcher. Right? Because it's like, if you're not getting it done, you're out. Also, your body is getting beat to shreds on a regular basis. So we're talking about arguably the two hardest positions in baseball. Dude, when I went to the Orioles-Red Sox game at Camden, I saw in one game alone, I saw Adley Rutschman get beat up enough to the point where I was like, that would be it for me for like the month. I'm like, I'll right. see you guys next month. I need to I need to chill out. And that was in yeah. one game. And Yachty's been yeah. doing this over the course of his entire career. Yeah. it's. I just, I don't think people understand it. This is... We've we we're witnessing another unbra- unbreakable record. Put this up there with Cal, for sure. Three hundred and twenty fifth career start together uh, on Wednesday night for Wayno and Yachty, setting a major league record for most as a battery. Do you have any idea the record that they broke? Yeah, the battery, the other who? battery. Can I get a hint? If you don't guess this, if you don't get this right, I'm I'm gonna be extremely disappointed. Really? It's that obvious? Very obvious. No hint, huh? I can't. It's too easy. It's that easy? It's that easy. You don't need a hint for this. Uh, is it in my lifetime or no? Like, did I watch no. them play or no? You did not. No. Three hundred and twenty-four by this duo. It's that easy. Is it? I'm gonna be embarrassed. A little bit that's taken this long, and I also have you, no idea. You should be, you should be embarrassed. Uh, I don't know, dude. I don't know. Um, do some insight. I don't know. Like, I'll just tell you. I'll just tell you. Don't even Yogi guess. and Whitey Ford. I have no idea. I genuinely have no idea. The most obvious duo uh, for the Detroit Tigers, Mickey Lolich and Bill Freehand from 1963 <laughs> to, to 1975. I hate you. That's embarrassing. How do you not Mickey, know that? Mickey Bolich? Is that what Mickey, you said? <laughs> Mickey Lolich and Bill Freehand. <laughs> the most obvious duo yeah, that you so, could have considered. Man. How did I miss that? That's I had right. Bullich, I, I had Bullich in fantasy all the time for sure. Yeah, back in back in '63. Yeah, I was, I was, I was just having to read through the papers, get Dude my was stats. A monster. <laughs> um, yeah, that I th- I thought it was cool. They asked him after they asked Wayne right after the game, which I I feel like if I were in his shoes, I would probably feel the same way. But he got in a jam in the first, uh, which I think is when he gave up his only run uh, last night. But he said, he said, I thought, he said, I thought that I was getting out of it because we're supposed to win today. Usually I feel like we're going to get out of it anyways, but I really felt like 
I'm getting out of this because we're supposed to win today. And we did. And I'm just like, that's cool. Like, I like that. The baseball gods smiled upon St. Yeah. Louis just, just for the night. This really this whole year. year. They, they've been, yeah. having, they've been having a great year. Really. A lot of cool stuff. I mean, you have two top three MVP guys. You have another guy about to break a, or not break, but reach a, an insane milestone. And then again, I, I just, I don't see this ever happening again. Like, especially now that like, of how we limit playing time, how we watch how catchers develop and how they eventually, you know, start to get into a new position. You're talking both leagues and universal DH. This will never happen again. Wainwright has thrown 2,136 of his 2,548 innings to Molina, which comes out to 83.8%. That's so cool. That's insane. Here's a, I, this is just like the trivia episode. Do you know the only, can you name the six current major league players who were active when they made their first start together? Joking aside, what? this should be, this should be more obvious. What are you talking about? What do you mean made their start together? When Wainwright and Molina made their first start together, who were the yeah. six current players that are, active right now oh still playing also active then okay pool holes there's one um let's see here verlander there's two scherzer not not correct no not quite there huh you got some old guys in there it's a good guess Um, but not one of them. Hmm. Active right now. Joey Votto? Nope. Hmm. There's got to be some other old guys, right? Oh, yeah. <laughs> Nelson Cruz? There's three. Charlie Morton? No. But that's another old guy. Not a bad guess, right? There are a couple options that are comparable to that, I would say. Just to, to give what? You a, a slight hint to Charlie Morton. In that in that stratosphere. At least in my in that head. stratosphere. Age wise or seeing like league? Yeah, just kinda in that, yeah. In that just, division? I don't know. I can't explain it. It just makes sense in my head. That's, that's <laughs> what I'm trying to say. Mm. I'm struggling here. How many six? You're missing. Total? You're missing a first baseman. First baseman that was plays in the American still. League. Not Rizzo. No, definitely not Rizzo. No. Pledge for the Tigers. Oh, Miguel Cabrera, duh. There we go. Um, there we go. The face, of, the 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 disappointment that just <laughs> fell over your face. That's so bad. I'm it was subtle, but it was subtle, but it was strong. <laughs> All right, that's four. You got two more. Two more pitchers. 
two more pitchers. Are they relievers or starters? Starters. Really? Okay. Both of which, interestingly enough, have returned to teams this season for Granky. which they pitched. There's five. Returned to This one's in your division. In, in my division? Yes. AL East. Correct. Oh, what's his face? Oh, you can see I see it. his face. You can see it. Old lefty for for the Red Sox. Yeah. Now, um, <laughs> why am I spacing on his name? Oh, no. I see his face. I see his delivery. I see all of it. This is so annoying. Rich Hill. There oh. we go. All right. All right. <laughs> hey, I, hey, look, uh, I can laugh, but I'm not sitting there with the names in front of me. So, or you're not sitting there with the names in front of you, I should say. Yeah. So I, I, I can only judge so much. Um, <sighs> but, yeah, all I have to say, tip of the cap to, to Yachty and Wayno. This is awesome. And I, I really hope with all of the storylines that the Cardinals have going for them right now, I hope they're able to do something with it in October. I really, I hope so too. Uh, I think I just, I I want it. We all need it for baseball just to get like the little bit of, for our generation to get these guys into that opportunity. I think it's good to see Pujols, Wayno and Yachty all in for another, maybe no, not maybe definitely the last postseason run with them all in the clubhouse together. It's going to be good. It's going to be fun. Need it. Uh, you know what else is fun? Chewing gum? Yeah. Not just gum, though. Shredded gum. Chewing the gum. I had some last night. Busted out the OG. Popping bubbles with the best of them. I, one of these episodes, I, I just want to chew Big League Chew the whole time and just see the how whole long time. it takes before people to just fall off and just two and end, a half minutes in the episode. Tops. Big League Chew, founded by former left-handed pitcher Rob Nelson, Big League Chew started from humble beginnings in the Portland Mavericks bullpen in 1977. For more than 40 years, the iconic pouches packed with shredded, flavorful bubble gum has become the number one shredded gum of athletes everywhere. Big League Chew has sold more than 900 million pouches and is designated as the Hall of Fame Bubblegum. Grab some gum and head to Big League Chew's social media channels, at Big League Chew on Twitter, at Big League Chew Gum on Instagram, also find them on TikTok, to show off your Big League bubbles. You can also find a list of retailers or purchase any of their products directly from their website at BigLeagueChew.com. BLC, Big League Chew. The only gum you need, really. Also, that was a flawless ad read. That flawless was, that was props to you sir props clean to you. that was very clean um minor leaguers are now part of the mlbpa perfect needed union, union cards were validated on wednesday uh the, this new union will likely represent more than 5,000 minor league players. Love that. 
And I also read that it indicated it will bargain on behalf of players in the Dominican Summer League. Love that. Major League Baseball, to which I believe may others may disagree. I believe this was all part of a, a PR stunt to try to probably try right. to re- repair some some damaged relationships. Major League Baseball came out and said, Major League Baseball has a long history of bargaining and good faith with unions, <laughs> which is laughable right out of the gate, including yeah. those representing minor major league umpires and major league players. We respect the right of workers to decide for themselves whether to unionize. Based on the authorization cards gathered, MLB has voluntarily and promptly recognized the MLBPA as representatives of minor league players. We are hopeful that a timely and fair collective bargaining agreement will be reached that is good for the game, minor league players, and our fans. This was a must. This is a must-have. This had to happen. We've already pulled at this string so, so much. But I mean, minor league guys, they just they need they they need better treatment. They need better representation. They need all of this stuff that you deserve for any job. I mean, McDonald's employees get better treatment. You know? So it's like this this needed to happen. It was a smudge in in the game, for sure. And uh, this this was a, a must grab. So, yeah, good, speaking, good, good for minor league guys. I saw some some banner. Uh, it wasn't necessarily recently. It was probably like six months to a year ago, back when people just weren't like it was impossible to find employees to work because people just mm-hmm. didn't want to work. I remember seeing some some sign up on the window at McDonald's. It was like, "We'll give you a free iPhone after six months of employment." It's like. These guys aren't getting free iPhones, <laughs> no. and they're professional athletes. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Unreal. This was yep. long overdue, and like I said, I think Major League Baseball just couldn't – they got to the point where they couldn't handle the backlash anymore. Right. Of people pointing out very glaringly the fact that they just don't take care of their product, and they don't develop their product well enough. Right. Specifically – and how it relates to minor league players. Yeah. It's just, I mean, they, they, these guys have to be able to have sustainable life. They didn't even, they didn't have the minimum requirements for average living. You're talking about players being homeless, sleeping in their cars at home games, because the only way you're sleeping in a bed is when you're traveling and you're in a hotel or, you know, six to eight guys sharing a two bedroom apartment stuff. was an issue and it's, and I mean, you got, we, we've seen all the videos and posts of like oh, what they're yeah. eating in the clubhouse. It's like, it's not good. It's not good. So it's, I'm so, so, so glad that this is starting to get addressed and fixed because these guys deserve at least, at least that. It just makes good business sense. Like I'm not yeah. I'm not some like product. multi-billion dollar business owner here, but it just to me from the outside, it just makes good sense to like foster your product even at the earliest stages so that then mm-hmm. when the time comes 
the product that you claim to care about the most and and make it very clear that you care about the most is fully developed yeah and fully prepared to bring you in even more than what you're making in a situation in which you don't prepare them it just to right. me it just makes it just makes too much sense there's i was it kind of an odd analogy but i was like kind of explaining to Paige the other day um i was like i was cutting chicken i was like cutting off the, like the fat of like a chicken breast and stuff and you saw like one of the blood vessels in there so like cut that out and she's like why does that happen and i was like well a lot of times when animals feel like stress right before they get killed it like shows up in the meat like they exude all this stress and it just goes through that so like that's why the wagyu steaks are so amazing because those cows get treated like <laughs> like they kings. come up from behind and shoot him in the head. They never see it coming. <laughs> they never see it coming. But those guys, I mean, they, those cows are listening to music. They're getting massages. You know, like they're they're getting good stuff, right? So I think it's just like it it should reflect in the quality of the product. When you take care of your guys at that younger level, and and you make sure they just have the basic, normal living necessities taken care of where they don't have to stress about so much other stuff, they can just go out there and play baseball, I bet you're going to see a better quality. Biggest takeaway from this segment, folks, uh, we don't want our minor leaguers to show up to the big leagues with veiny blood vessels. That's exactly that's, that's the big takeaway here. We don't need to trim that out. We don't Treat them like Wagyu, baby. And treat them like Wagyu. Minor <laughs> leaguers, treat them like Wagyu. Um, before we wrap up with our weekend series preview, uh, I feel like we can say farewell to, uh, the Marlins and the Reds who have since been eliminated since last episode. Good for the Reds on not being the last one. You mean the first, like you're the first one to be. Yeah. 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 Good for them. They were off to a horrible start. What was it? Three and 22. Something like that. It was bad. Uh, good on the, yeah, good on the Reds for kind of straightening out the ship as, as best as you could with what you had. Um, but shame on the Marlins, man. Like you, like halfway through the season, you were in the hunt. I'm pretty sure I saw something today where it said they were three games back. Yeah. Halfway through the season. Well, you know, I, I, again, Jeter leaving just kind of tells you what that mentality is there. And it's clear it's, it's not all chips in the middle of the table trying to win there's other stuff there's other alternative motives over there but uh they do have that rotation that is going to be a problem as long as they can hold on to it this team is going to do something in the next few years i mean it's miami the the marlins who doesn't want to go to miami what free what free agent are you going to struggle to get hey come hang out in miami it's amazing here what can't be that hard just get your rotation settled, lock them down, go get a couple free agents, and you'll be fine. I think the 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 toughest part of the Marlin situation this year is they officially lost you and I as their it's true. their strongest ambassadors. Like if you lose us, it takes a lot to lose us. Good luck. Good luck. To lose our support. Ah you must have really mismanaged the situation mm-hmm. because we're no longer I mean, I think at this point we're let's go Phillies or let's go Orioles or something, but not We've removed our stamp of approval. 
Yeah, it's sad. Really yeah. sad. The yep. the last people that were in their corner. Let's go O's sounds way better anyway. Let's go O's. Let's go O's. Uh, let's uh, wrap up with this weekend series preview here real quick. Speaking of O's, let's go O's. I've got my eyes on the O's and the Blue Jays mm-hmm, this weekend. Mm-hmm. This is a very, uh, mm-hmm. very meaningful series in terms of the playoff picture. Game one, we've got Austin Voth going up against TBA. Oh! <laughs> Cy, Young, oh. Cy Young contention yeah. for TBA. Not Austin Voth. Uh, Austin Voth is five and two with a four three six ERA. Opponents hitting two thirty one off him. His last outing was one inning with no hits, no runs, no Ks, and two walks. Um, I don't know if there. I don't recall if it was like precautionary, but it seems as though looking at his numbers over the month of September and even a little bit before that, they've seemed to dial his innings back a little bit. Um, mm-hmm. So there must be. A reason for that. Uh, game yeah. two, Jordan Lyles going up against Jose Barrios. Lyles is ten and ten with a four six two ERA. Opponents are getting two eighty five off him. His last outing was actually the game that I was at. Three and two thirds versus the mm. Sox. Eight earned runs on seven hits, one K and one walk. Jose Barrios is ten and five with a five oh seven. Opponents are getting two eighty three off him. Last outing against the Rays in which he went six and a third, had one run on six hits, four Ks, and one walk. And then game three, you got Kyle Bradish going up against Alec Manoa. Bradish is three and six with a 501. Bradish? Bradish. Bradish, Bradish. It's one of the two. I don't know. Is there two Ds or one? There's one D. You might be right. I'm not a betting man. When you say Brad, it's only one D. That's true. I'm not a betting man, but if I had to put money on it, I'm saying it's either Bradish or Bradish. If it's be, if it's outside of that, I I I mean, luck. there's a slim chance it's Radish, but the B is silent. I've seen it before. Uh, Radish is three and six with a five hundred one ERA. Opponents are in two eighty one off him. His last outing, seven innings through a gem, seven innings versus Sox, one earned run on two hits, three Ks and two walks. Uh, Alec Manoa. Going for the Jays is fourteen and seven with a two four three. Opponents hitting two oh seven off him. His last outing six and two thirds. Who did he go up against? I didn't even write it down. Shame on me. Hmm. Six and two thirds versus one of the other twenty nine teams in the league. I'm assuming Rays. Yeah. Yeah, that That's sounds. Barrios went against. So. Yeah, that sounds good. Uh, two earned runs, five hits, five Ks, and two walks. Uh, offensively, I wanted to spotlight uh, Gunnar Henderson. Mix it up a little bit. Uh, yeah. ten for his and la- his last ten games entering Thursday. He's ten for thirty five with no home runs, eight RBIs, and nine Ks. Vladdy, his last ten games entering Thursday, eleven for forty six, one home run, three RBIs, and nine Ks. All right, all right, good deal. All right, and well, I, and like we talked about, tune into these series because we've had some. Uh, we we're telling you. We know. I mean, we you guys, know. if you're not tuning in, you're missing something special because every series we tell you to watch, something happens. So just mm-hmm. go ahead and save yourself the trouble. Exactly. Exactly. Uh, my matchup is going to be the game that I'll be at. Hello, Phillies Hello. visiting the Braves. I'll be at the game tomorrow night. And tomorrow night, Friday night, is going to have 
The middle name game is back, so you better not be looking. You're going to get a five-second countdown from me to get a, a, a guess out there. You can list off as many guesses as you want. By the How way, it, it was raised because I forgot. He had the stomach bug, if you remember hearing about mm-hmm. that, and made yeah. it start anyway. There's always something. For Manoa. There's always anyway. something. Uh, game one, Ranger J. Suarez. Five seconds. Jose. Nailed it. You're cheating. No, I'm not. Uh, I actually closed out the window, so go ahead. All right, good. He is uh, nine and five this year, three six two ERA. Opponents are in two forty nine against him. Last time out against Washington, he went six and two thirds, four and run, seven hits, four Ks, one walk, and uh, he's going up against your no no shot, Max D, as in dog, Freed, Demetrius. Nope. Desclafani. One. It is Dorian. Max Dorian Freed is 13 and 6 this year. 250 ERA. Opponents are in 226 against him. Last time out against the Mariners, he went six innings, two earned runs, five hits, no walks, six Ks. Game two. You got Aaron M. Nola. Michael. Uh Mandy. He is nine. Andy, <laughs> he's nine and eleven this year. Three three one ERA. Opponents are in two twenty four against him. Last time out against the Nats. I don't know what happened. I didn't look into this too much. I just wrote it down. Uh, he went two innings, no earned runs, two hits, two Ks. I don't know. Maybe got a little tweak, something like that. Pulled him out. I have no idea. You looking it up for me? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Should I keep going? Yep. Let me keep going. Yep. You're going to be able to. You can't multitask. You can't guess names and research. Sure I can. <laughs> uh, going for the Braves is Jacob T. Odorizzi. Thaddeus. Tyler. <laughs> Two. One. Tankard. Zero. Todd. Todd. <laughs> All of you those are Thaddeus. better than Todd. <laughs> that he is before Todd. He's five oh, and five went, this year. Nola went into a rain delay. That's why he had oh, okay. That's what happened. Gotcha. Uh Odorizzi is five and five this year, four one five ERA. Opponents are in two fifty four against him. Last time out against the Mariners, went a whopping three and two thirds. Five hits, four and runs, three Ks, three walks. I, I'm telling you though, we watched that that game, and that was the the game of the the year almost that we watched yep. on Sunday. And he looked better than that. I got to give Odorizzi some credit. He looked better than that. That line doesn't read that way. Yeah. Um, game three uh, for the uh, Phillies, it's Bailey can't find his middle name, Falter. Uh, he is five and three this year, 3.8 ERA. Opponents are at 252 against him. Last time out against the Marlins, he went six innings, one earned run, four hits, four strikeouts, and no walks. You won't be able to find it either. Continue. <laughs> uh, going for the Braves is Spencer R. Strider. Uh, Rasmussen, Randy, Richard, Ricardo, Raul. Robert. Ah. <laughs> Strider is 10 and 5 this year, 272 ERA. Opponents are hitting 186 against him. Yikes. Uh, and last time out against the Giants, he went five innings, two and runs, one walk, nine punches. Uh, I think Strider is the real deal. 
I think we can all just address that. Yeah. The mustache is real. Also, what he's capable of on the mound is real. Uh, my offensive stars, I went a little bit different as well. Could you make um, the argument that Spencer Strider's mustache could be last year's the, the, pearls? Yes, absolutely. You always need something in the in the postseason. That could mustache it, is could just, just be it. prime time video right there. Um, my offensive star for the, uh, for the Braves, I went with, I have no idea how to pronounce this middle name. It's Michael Harris. It starts with an M. Uh, Michael. M M A C H I O N. Machion, Machion, Machion. That sounds kind of cool. Michael Machion Harris, the second. You didn't give me a chance to guess. You're going to guess Machion? I was I guessed Michael. I thought maybe he's Michael Michael. Michael Harris. Michael. That'd be cool. Michael Michael. Michael Michael <laughs> throwback art. <laughs> shout out, shout out to Mama Reyes on that. I love that. Uh, um Michael Macaroon Harris the second is uh fifteen for his last forty. Three jacks, nine RBIs, seven strikeouts. And uh this is a double middle name guy, Bryce. A. M. Harper. Aaron Michael. You got one. You got Aaron. Aaron Matthew. Nope. I don't know. Max. Bryce Aaron Max Harper. Seven for his last 36. Two jacks, four ribeyes, and 13 strikeouts. But we all know Bryce Harper. He lives up to the moment. This is a big series. I do not expect him to disappoint in any way. Don't tell that to Braves fans. They would wildly disagree with you. Um, big for the Phillies. Right? Kind of. Just ask Braves fans how Bryce lived or didn't live up to the moment down the stretch last season. But, oh. hey, look, I'm a Bryce guy, so I'm not going to put that out there. That's for that's for everybody else to discover and and – refresh themselves on uh that's all i got unless you got anything else that's it look for me in the third deck tomorrow night when you're watching the phillies and braves game it's gonna be lit and um i'm probably gonna be quite a few suds deep yeah so if you're gonna be at the braves game even if you're not and you're in the area go to the braves game and make sure mm-hmm. if you if you want to try and catch Nate, make sure to do it before the first pitch because, yeah, no promises after that. At that point, it's a little too late. Yeah, love you guys. Don't go chasing curveballs. We love you all, and as always, looking forward to talking more baseball with you guys soon. Until next time, stay filthy.